0: Thank you for joining the homeschool help desk live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now, let's get into the show. And like what I mean by that is my pretty much my whole life has been like a series of unpopular choices. Like anytime I do something, it's never been people saying, oh, that's awesome. Good job. It's always been like, really? You sure? <laughs> or maybe you shouldn't do that. Or maybe you should wait. But I woke up this morning. I was like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not, I think like I'm, I'm happy with having made choices that a lot of people disagree with, I suppose. And I'm starting to accept people's kindness. Like yesterday, my mother. Um, she's like, hey, I have these gift cards to Amazon. Do you want to use them? And in the past, I would have been like, no, no, that's okay. You use them because I took people wanting to be kind or offer me help as a way of saying like, I couldn't do it by myself. Like I, if you're offering me assistance, that means I can't do it myself. And, um, you know, I'm just Finally, getting to that age, where I'm I'm, t- I'm talking myself out of that mindset. It's like, no, this is someone just being kind or just offering. And so, I happen to have these items in my cart for the kids, like some workbooks and things. And she calls and she's like, "Yeah, I just got these gift cards from cashing in some points. Do you do you want them?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> so I just I just know, like me too three years ago would have been like, "No, it's fine." <laughs> Oh man, so just you know, finally accepting that life doesn't have to be all me all the time making all the decisions. And I say that like I don't have a husband, I do. Um, So it's not all me anyway, but like it's okay to let other people help you and be kind to you, especially if they're just out of the blue offering things. So that's how I got the new kitchen table that we have. A friend was just like, hey. I'm getting a new table. Do you want this one? And I'm like, yes, I do. Her table is lovely. It's actually like a, it's made of wood. <laughs> it's not that particle board stuff. So, saying yes to people's kindness is has been something that I'm working on. So, I just that made me you know wake up with the whole like, it's okay. It's all right to just allow people to be kind to you. Oh, thank you, Tracy. That's so nice. you said you can think of it like she's helping the kids or if it helps with that mindset, I feel you. I'm not, I'm that way. Yeah. I think a lot of, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. Um, but I think a lot of women, we just feel like if someone is offering us assistance, then we, that in that we mean, it means like we can't do it on our own. And it's like, no, it just means like, I don't, I now don't have to do it. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm, I'm accepting that now. So it was definitely, uh, much appreciated. Thank you, mom. I think she's in here. So thanks, mom. <laughs> Still happy about that. Oh, Jess. Okay. So Jess Clark, you're asking, what is the best lesson planner you have utilized or tried? And I'll be honest with you. I've tried a few. There's a couple sitting here in my planner graveyard next to me. Um, Honestly, the best thing that I've done that I've been most consistent with is uh, the iCal feature on my phone because I can set it to, you know, remind me of of what subjects we're supposed to be doing and when. And my phone is usually always with me. And um, spreadsheets, using spreadsheets to keep track of the the grades and the attendance and all that. So. I've tried other types of planners. It's just not been my I've not been successful long term with it. I get excited about it. I start off with all the things, all the stickers, all the stuff. but really the iCal feature <laughs> on my phone and uh, reminders occasionally on my phone and spreadsheets has been my has been my best thing. Let's see. Do you have suggestions for a morning basket? (laughs) Planner graveyard, yeah. So um, we, I don't. I don't have suggestions for morning basket because we don't use them. I know that's the very popular thing on social media, but my kids, first of all, they wake up at different times. And I don't know if you have people in your family like mine, but it's just, you just let, you let sleeping babies lie. You don't wake them up, especially for me. Like one of the best things has been not waking them up. <laughs> just let them wake up naturally. So morning baskets is not a good fit for us. Um but I do know that a lot of people use it. I just I don't have any suggestions. What age do you begin teaching a curriculum? I would say probably six. Like a fo- a formal curriculum like planning things out. Now of course you're gonna be teaching well before then. You're gonna teach Concepts before then, but a formal like curriculum probably six or seven maybe when they are ready to actually sit down and follow along with you in a lesson. All right. Good morning. Okay, that was that question right there. Thank you for typing in the Q A. Sorry, I saw. I think I saw it in the chat first, but now I see it here. So yeah, for for the formal stuff where it's not just, you know, ABCs, one, two, threes, I think it's also going to, you know, differ for each kid. Like you might have a child who's five, who's just plain old ready. Or I know sometimes when you have older kids, the younger kids want to have a workbook or want to have their schoolwork too, because they want to do what your older kids are doing. So that answer might vary just based on, you know, how you, how you are structuring your homeschool and your children and how they are. But I would say a Average will be about six. All right, let me just make sure I'm caught up here. You will now work from home and have been tempted to homeschool. Try it out, test drive it. I mean, you can always re-enroll or enroll a child in school. So it's not like if you choose homeschool, public schools off the table, Um, but I would also say Take a look at the environment that you're in. Like in your community, are people generally happy with the schools? Then send your kids to school. Um, If it seems like you guys are, the the community is generally not happy with the schools, then consider test drive and homeschool or, um, you know, something to that effect. But this is not an anti-public school platform. I've said that, uh, you know, in a couple of my lives, I'm not anti-public school. I'm just very pro do what's best for your family. So um and what's best for my family is to homeschool all right let me go check out the qa how many hours a day do you homeschool so um i have four and a half hours planned uh, monday through friday two hours in the morning and two and a half hours in the afternoon i will show you my template but keep in mind this is a guide it's not law (laughs) and the green part is where you see us doing something you know academic there's also real aloud at the end of the day with my son before bed um i don't you could consider that school i just color coded it green because it just depends on what we're reading um but that's that's our template and then like i said sometimes we follow it to the letter sometimes we do not how do you get a child to enjoy schoolwork, mainly reading? She's eight. Um, (laughs) I modeled it, really. Um, You know, you could have like a read-aloud book club with your kid and just try a little bit by little bit. I wouldn't, don't force them to read Shakespeare. Don't force them to read Homer. You know, like take trips to the library, allow them to pick whatever they're interested in, whether that's graphic novels or whatever, and just make it part of the lifestyle as opposed to like, okay, now I need you to sit down and read for 30 minutes. Nobody's going to want to do that. That sounds boring and awful, even to me who, you know, me, I'm someone who loves to read, but if you told me I need you to go sit down and read for 45 minutes, that takes the fun out of it. I I suddenly now don't want to. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I would try as best you can to just, make it like it's almost like no big deal, like reading closed captions on, a, on on their TV shows. You know, it doesn't have to be read for 20 minutes a day. I think when you start getting bogged down into numbers like, you know, screen time limits and read for this amount of time and play outside for this amount of time, it's it just feels like things that you're checking off a list. You're not really living. You're just, there's a, you know, you set these arbitrary limits on things. So, um First, I would since she's eight, I'll probably just ask her. You know, she just might not like reading, and there are some kids that are just they're not readers. Some, and that's the same for some adults. Some adults are just not naturally readers; they would prefer not to. Um, and I think at eight, that's all right as long as she can read. Like you know, but you can test that out. Like I said, through closed captions on TV shows, reading recipes while you're cooking. Um, but I think if you force A child who's not interested in reading to read, they're going to resist you. They're just going to sit there with the book open and count down on the timer until it's it's over. Um, But I would definitely try to model it, like take trips to the library um, and just try to find a book series that she's interested in, if at all possible. What's your Etsy shop name? It is um, Homeschool Help Desk. That is what it is called. Thank you for asking that question. And for those of you who are new on my Etsy shop, I just, I sell the templates of the progress reports and the high school transcript that, um, that I will be using. I was also an admissions counselor. So that's what I based that transcript off of what I will see every day for work. (laughs) And it also will calculate the GPA for you as well. How do you make it enjoyable being home every day? Ooh, okay. So (laughs) this answer might be different um, if you're an extrovert, but my my home is where all my favorite stuff is. (laughs) So that in and of itself is enjoyable to me. Um, I do have routines that allow me to keep it clean and organized just because I don't thrive in chaos. So, you know, like this morning I've already, you know, done my laundry, changed my sheets, clean my bathroom, all that stuff before I'm even live with you guys. Because when I'm done, I can go sit and enjoy being in a clean home. Um, so that, you know, just having those types of routines in place really helps. Um, just having an atmosphere that you find inviting, things that you really enjoy doing. Um, fill your home with those things. I don't like I said, If I were an extrovert, I, I think there's nothing that you can probably do to make your home enjoyable. I don't know. I'm just speculating because I'm not one. But my cousin is, and she's someone who has to get out of the house every single day. So you might have to build that into your routine um, to get out of the house and, and, you know, have places that you go on a routine basis that, you know, that bring you joy. I, honestly, I'm not an extrovert, though. <laughs> like, I think... It, it's probably not easy to be my friend now that I'm thinking about it, because I just I would prefer to be at my house or your house. I'm not really trying to go <laughs> any other where, any other place. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe thrifting. That's probably the only other thing. But I don't know. I just try to fill my home with things that, that make me smile like I'm. I love plants and food. So let's see. Yes. Thank you, Kay. Yeah. If you guys, I know you guys are chatting with each other too. So if you want me to answer a question, please make sure you put it in like QA or something uh, so that I can go back and more easily see what you guys are saying, but I'm going to try to scroll back through and see what I have missed because I saw the chat moving pretty quickly. Oh, yes, that's true. Audiobooks are awesome. Thank you, April, for saying that. Yes. Totally forgot about audiobooks. Do, 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 do. Okay, I think I'm kind of... Let me go back down. Let me make sure. Oh, you want to homeschool him, but you don't know how to start. He's in middle school. Um, Bernice, so it you're going to want to, first of all, know the law for the state that you're in. I don't know if you said that already. I don't think I saw you say what state you're in i don't think i saw you say what state you're in but you know first of all just familiarize yourself with the law of your state you might be in a state that doesn't require much or you might be in a state that has a lot going on uh paperwork wise so you're going to want to first of all just familiarize yourself with that and then also look into whatever the withdrawal procedure would be for your your school district it might be a you know an email it might be a certified letter just kind of depends Oh, and he's also autistic as well, and you don't think he's safe at school. Okay. So then also, before you make any decisions to withdraw him, you would want to you know, know what sort of resources that he needs to make sure that you can still facilitate those needs when, you, when and if you do decide to homeschool. Um, you know, Not being safe at school, I totally understand that thought process. So, but before you make any big moves, you're definitely going to want to familiarize yourself with what the rules are for your state. Um, rather than make a snap decision to just remove him from school and remove him from the environment. um, You know, you just really, and that's something that you could spend some time today doing if you wanted to. Um, But then also I would recommend that you check out the Rolodex list in my profile because there are families on that list who also are homeschooling um, children with autism so that you could, you know, reach out and follow those uh, homeschool families here on this app too. And, you know, just to get some, some tips from those who are walking in those shoes. Uh, Cause it's not something that I have personally experienced. I don't have any personal dealings with withdrawing a child from school either because my kids never went. Um, but definitely you're going to want to familiarize yourself with the laws and resources that we have, the laws of your state and then what resources would still be available to you after you have withdrawn. Uh, Cause I think he said he's also in middle school too. So you wanna make sure that you're not withdrawing him and then, you know, homeschooling in isolation. That's not what you want to do. Okay. Let me check out the QA. Oh, activities for extroverted kids. Good grief. Yes. Um, (laughs) I happen to have one of those. Um, So her main activity right now is that she's in Girl Scouts, which I I have found that to be the most cost-effective and probably well-rounded of things. Um, because it gives her something to look forward to at least once a week. Sometimes there's multiple activities in the week. Um, And then also she is now playing the clarinet. So she has that to look forward to as well. Um, But I would just ask your your kid what they would want to do. That's the main thing is like, I could give you a super long list of activities, but you kind of want to ask them what their interests are and then follow that. Like if I tell you Like my oldest is in an anime club. That's what she likes. She loves to draw. We found her activities that support that interest. You might not have a child interested in that. So me telling that to you isn't going to be necessarily a good resource. But definitely always, y'all, I'm always preaching to include your kids in the decisions. Ask them what they're interested in. Ask them what they like. And then there's usually going to be different activities in your community that would support that. And then there also might be community, you know, activities in the next town over, like you might have to drive. That's another thing. I think um, some of us homeschoolers, we don't mention as much, but sometimes we drive a ways to get our kids to the activities that they want to go to. Like my kid's club is not in our town. Uh, we have to go a, a couple towns over to get her to that activity, but I think it's worth it because she's thriving. She has an absolutely fantastic time when she's there and she's like, Sitting on the couch waiting for me <laughs> so that we can go there. Um, but definitely, you know, ask them what they like and then do your best to find activities that will support that. How do you decide to how do you decide to start school? Are you asking me personally or like how does one like in theory decide? Um I decided based on wanting to have, you know, more freedom uh, to be able to buy the house that we wanted without having to feel like I was sacrificing the school district that we were in. That was my decision, but I mean, other people's decision could be totally different. Um, Like Bernice was just saying, she doesn't feel like her grandson is safe at school. So that's a totally different, you know, level of motivation. Um, But yeah, for me, it was just, we, we happened to be buying a house. And, um, and I didn't want it to, I didn't want to sacrifice the education for the house, you know, or vice versa. I didn't want to sacrifice the house for the education. I wanted to have the best of both and homeschooling allows that. Any tips for kids who struggle with spelling? Yes, Sherry, I would say games have been, and I I cannot preach this enough. Games have been so such literally pun intended, a game changer, (laughs) like playing upwards, playing Scrabble. Um, I had my kids yesterday working on word searches that I just found online and printed off. Um, My middle child was working on a word search that focused on um, the major muscles of the musculatory system. And did I say musculatory? The muscular system, whatever. (laughs) And the... Uh, My son, who's just turned six not too long ago, was working on his first word search because he saw her doing it. He's like, I want to try. So I found one that was appropriate for his level. And you have to spell in order to do a word search. Um, I also like apps like Wordscapes, uh, because, again, you have to spell the words like they give you six or seven letters. And you have to find all the different combinations of words using those letters. I think that that is very helpful for spelling as well. So trying to find it and make it to where it's games and not like a spelling test. I think a spelling test is awful. (laughs) Unless you're practicing for the spelling bee, there's no, you don't get points in real life for being able to spell out loud like that. Um, But definitely there's ways like crossword puzzles, word searches, wordscapes as that app game. I think that that's a great way to make it fun to spell. And then you can also, there's... um, Websites where you can create your own word search. Um, so, if there is a list of words that you think is important for your kid to know, you can put those words in a list and then the word search generator will scramble them, you know, put it in the word search for you and you can just print that off. So, that's one way that I think makes it more fun uh, to learn spelling. Do you have any suggestions on portfolio or binder? So I use, Lady Sparkle, I use spreadsheets for that. Um, I'm not a paper person as much as I would love to be. I would love to try to be a paper person, um, but digital has just worked out better for me. And, and I, you know, I do back it up um, so that we're not losing any of our work, but I don't have a recommendation, <laughs> honestly, because uh, I just, digital makes it so much easier. Like I'll, I even have like files for each subject that are under one larger file for the grade level for each kid. And I can put in voice memos, I can put in photos, I can put in video clips, I can put in scans of the, you know, if there's a worksheet that we're doing um, or, you know, workbooks. So it's just so much easier for me to just do it digitally. Um, But there might be some other homeschoolers in here who, who do do it on paper. Um, If you, if anyone wants to chime in with what you guys are doing, if you do, Um, like a traditional portfolio or binder. Also, there's some people who have shared what they do on YouTube too. But for me, digital has just been the most consistent thing for me. So I don't have any (laughs) tips for a traditional portfolio. We also don't have evaluations here. So I don't have anyone to submit it to. So I just kind of do it my way. Do you teach year round or have seasonal breaks? Um, Yes, I do. This is our year round schedule. And the yellow is where we, we have our breaks. So you can see that. It works out to be out of school for about 10 and a half weeks throughout the year. But basically, we follow the six weeks on and one week off uh, model. And that works out really well for us because right around the time you start feeling a little burnt out, you have a week off coming up. So um, we've been year round for a few years and, and I really do like it. Any tips for an ADHD to go through his homeschool class? Any tips for an ADHD to go through his home school class? I I, I want to make sure I'm understanding the question, Just are you just talking about tips for homeschooling a child with ADHD? If that's not what you meant, please correct me. Um, But I will refer you to the Rolodex in my profile where I do have um, other homeschoolers on that list who are homeschooling their child who has ADHD. And a lot of them do post content and share their tips and tricks. I'm not personally in that boat, so I wouldn't want to, um, you know, just give you arbitrary, like, you know, advice that may not work. But um, on the list in my profile, it's a rolodex of other homeschoolers, in, in the description, if they have said like their child has ADHD or they themselves, some of the mothers themselves have ADHD too, um, and they talk about you know their best tips and tricks. Um, one that I can think of off the top of my head like is to set timers. That seems to have helped with some of the families because I've noticed that in some of their videos. But I would definitely recommend giving them a follow just to be able to ask them that you know, personal one-to-one question. And everyone in the Rolodex, y'all, has already said like, yes, I'm totally fine answering questions. So it's not weird if you're just like, hey, I wasn't alive this morning. She told me to come chat with you. It's totally fine. Um, But that's one that I've seen in some of the videos is like timers um, to help recommendations on math and science, and also the question behind yours is a place to find non-religious centered curriculum. So I'm going to actually answer both of these together because my curriculum that I choose is non-religious. It's, um, or, you know, secular, that's the word that is often used in a homeschool um, community. But I, um, I do have a list in my profile. The first tab is, after you click on the link tree, the first tab is um, a resources list with tons of things that have been mentioned in these lives. I literally just keep the list up when I have when I, when I'm doing these lives, and if someone drops a recommendation in the chat that you know seems pretty good, I add it to that list. If it's a faith-based resource, I do say so in the description, or I'll say it's Christian or whatever it says for their description. Um, but there's a ton of secular resources out there. I would say to you both when you are looking for a resource don't type homeschool in the the search. That's going to skew your your results more towards the religious uh, resources. Instead, type, you know, sixth grade math resource. Don't type homeschool at all. And I think you'll find more things pop up for you um, when you're doing the search that way. If you type homeschool, just be prepared to see a lot more of the religious, Bible-based or Christian-based resources because they have the Google SEO on lock. So that's what I would recommend um, when you're searching. But also you can check out the resource list in my profile if you want, just to give you an idea of what other people who are homeschooling have recommended throughout these chats. You're welcome. You said you just started homeschooling last year and just winged it. (laughs) This year you're trying to prepare, any tips? Um, Yeah, so the main thing that I always, always, always recommend, and I'm sure people who have been in my lives several times or before get tired of hearing me say this, but ask your kid (laughs) and learn your kid's learning style. That's like the main thing. Oh, thank you for that gift. I appreciate that. Um, Because you will spend, you will waste so much time on Pinterest and Instagram and social media, listening to other people tell you that everything that they've chosen is great. Meanwhile, your kid hates it when you actually bring it home. So even if you have, I have a six-year-old, I still, even with him, I'll, I'll bring him on side with me and we will look at the computer together and I will say, okay, what do you think of this workbook? Or what do you think of that? Um, You know, what do you think of this manipulative? And he'll say, mm, I don't like it. Right then and there, don't buy it. It doesn't matter how many other people have said, it's great. If he looks at something, my son looks at something and says, I don't like it, there's no point in bringing it in the house. He's not going to want to play with it. He's not going to want to use it. Um, I would suggest that as you are preparing for this year to consider um, starting with just the core, like math, English language arts, reading, writing, you know, that subject kind of rolls into one. Science, social studies, and, and maybe like one other thing. And just kind of leave it at those five as you start. Don't try to do all the things all the time because- when it comes to reading, a lot of things overlap anyway. So you can read about a bunch of different topics, but sometimes less is best. And, and a lot of us and myself included, we'll get on to, you know, get on social media, we get on the internet and we see all these other homeschool families that are doing so many things and it's so organized and it's da, 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 but it's not what your kid needs or wants. So, um, I would start there, like learn, talk to your child, include them in the decision, learn their learning style, and then you know, try to narrow down what you're doing before you add a bunch of other stuff on on top of it. And it could be that you have a child that prefers digital resources like apps as opposed to workbooks. That's something that um, my older two uh, this year, they said they would rather do their math online as opposed to a workbook. So just yesterday, I signed them up for the free trial of teaching textbooks, which was at that homeschool expo that I went to. And they're trying it out. First impressions, they really liked it. They they felt it was very easy because some of it is review from the previous grade. Um, I had them take the placement test on Monday, so I knew where they were going to be. And then you know, yesterday, Tuesday is when they first tried it out. They're liking it so far. And then I also get an email the next day or this morning telling me about their progress and what they did. So I like that. But I can also log in and see what they did and what they worked on. but yeah, just talking to your kids and getting their perspective uh, so that you're not, like if I would have just bought the math workbook that we did last year, they would not have been as excited to do it. But because they had a voice in choosing this, I don't have to tell them to do their math. Plus it's on the iPad so they can just go do it and then I later can check their progress. It actually takes things off my plate. I don't really have to teach math this year <laughs> because they're they're doing this uh, free trial and if if we stick with it, the price of it is actually not bad. So <laughs> that's for the year. So yeah, ask your child. I w- That's what I would always recommend. I always preach that um, because everything looks good online, but it may not be. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. But I do record these lives for um, podcasts as well as um, YouTube. YouTube is fairly new. Um, So there's only a couple episodes on there now, but I do stream these. So if you ever, you know, can't stay for the whole time or you miss it or what have you, you can always go back and watch it and hopefully it's helpful to you. Um, And on YouTube, it's just Cousin Tam, just like my username here on TikTok. And on the podcast, it's Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you wanted to go check that out and subscribe, would love to have you. Uh, Let's see, let me just scroll back up. If I missed your question uh, from the chat, please do type it in the QA. I promise I'm not trying to miss you guys. Uh, There's just a limit to how much I can see on the screen at once. And thank y'all for the likes and the follows. I see those announcements coming through, thank you. Hey, Julie, thank you. Yes, thank you for dropping in what you your suggestions um, for homeschooling with ADHD too. Good to see you. I thought of you as I was putting on my, my little Christmas socks this morning. <laughs> it's like, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Can't wait. <laughs> I am so ready for cooler temperatures. Okay. He said, "The way the books are collecting dust, right? It's because, and I know for me, I'm I'm highly susceptible to a, a beautiful flat lay or a beautiful book cover. <laughs> like I know that that's my weakness, um, so that's why I have to help. My I I need my kids to help keep me in check because I will, I will waste money on things that just look nice on the shelf, but that they want nothing to do with. So, uh, yeah." You said no. Let you bask in the sun. You can, girl. I just, you know, I don't. I don't need it to be cold for it to be Christmas. Just a little less hot. <laughs> the sun is doing the most right now. Uh, what is the name of the site you use for math? It's called Teaching Textbooks. That's the name of it, and their website is just TeachingTextbooks.com. My kids are six, ten, and twelve. Do you recommend a homeschooling group? Huh. <laughs> I'm going to try to answer honestly, but not biased. <laughs> but I think I might have given it away. I have no poker face on that question. Um, yes, if everyone in, everyone's getting something out of it. <laughs> I am not personally a fan of homeschool groups because... The groups that I was a part of, number one, it just felt like there were too many rules for no reason. We were literally just meeting at the park and the only thing we had in common was homeschooling. And to me, that's not enough of a good foundation for friendship. So what I have been doing for the last several years is we just find We just follow our interests, you know, get to know ourselves. I encourage my kids to get to know themselves and and what they like. And then we pursue an interest based on that or, you know, pursue friendships based on that interest, that shared interest. Because like I said, just in my experience, just being homeschoolers, like we're all homeschoolers. That's not enough for me to want to hang out with you (laughs) on a weekly basis. Like you have to have more going on than that. And sometimes I, I look at some homeschool groups, they're like HOAs to me, like homeowners associations. So if you're part of one, you kind of know where I'm going with this. You give somebody a little bit of power, a little little title, <laughs> and they just lose it. But you could also live in a neighborhood that has a fantastic HOA where you're doing, you know, there's there's good community involvement and input. So it's not crazy. It's actually beneficial and you're happy to live there. So... It's going to depend. There's, It's not a one-size-fits-all answer. I know Julie, who I was just talking about, she loves her um, homeschooling groups. They have a great time. It's not at all what I just described. So you're just going to want to test it out. You know, I encourage you to definitely look into it, but just know like, if it doesn't work, it's cool. You don't have to have one. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of those. like, it, It's kind of hit or miss. What was the name of the math program you used? Um, Teaching textbooks is the name of it. That We're on the free trial right now. So I don't want to say it like we've been using it for a while. We are currently on the free trial. <laughs> is there a way to homeschool for free-ish? Yes. Um, I, I actually drew a chart of this for my kids. Um, MatLife5, if you... Basically, the more time you spend researching, the less money you'll spend. So, you're basically going to trade time for money. Like, for those who go for the all in one package and it's like, you know, you pay eight or nine hundred dollars for the year and you're done, everything's all included. That's cool. You didn't spend a lot of time, and in that convenience is what some families need. Um, But I will just say, in my experience, the more time you spend researching, the less money you will spend. I also encourage you not to try to go for bundles. Because a lot of times, to me, sometimes the subjects could be a bit lacking or, you know, like kind of Swiss cheesy, like there's holes. Um, Take it one subject at a time and spend some time researching the resources, like go find the standards for your state. You can use this website as an example, um, this IXL website, or if you're in Georgia, you can use georgiastandards.org. And that website, georgiastandards.org, has every subject broken down from K through 12 telling you exactly what you have to teach and also provides some free resources and links to YouTube videos that will help you teach it if you want to go that route. So that's completely free. Um, But again, it's going to depend on how much time you want to spend researching and putting things together. But there definitely is a relationship between time and money um, invested with homeschool. Yes. Go have one. Good morning. Were you just just popping in to say hey? You don't have to ask me for a pop chart. Do you want to help answer a question? Because this one's kind of about you. It says activities for first graders who can't stay focused. <laughs> Do you want to help answer that since you're a first grader? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, good morning. What's up? We're, le- we're doing sign language with my middle child. Go have breakfast. If there's a If there's a fifth grade question, I'll call you in. Okay. So how... What, what games or activities do you like to play that help you stay focused on school? Well, it's a puzzle game. A puzzle game? You like mm-hmm. puzzles? Did you like the Pictionary game that we played mm-hmm. where we were using the tiles to mm-hmm. play Pictionary? Mm-hmm. So basically games. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, hey, don't, don't squeeze back there now. Um, what else do you like? What else helps you stay focused? Well, it's looking at books. You like looking at books? So books with nice pictures? hmm And also, yesterday, we were doing math and manipulatives, 100% manipulatives and dry erase. He was into that. But also, keep in mind, um, t- they're not going to probably be very focused for, like, more than 20 minutes. So you, you, we have to manage our expectations as parents. But also just know like games can be super duper helpful as well. Games and manipulatives. Here you go. Okay. You can go have your pop card. Thank you for helping to answer that question. Okay. All right, see you. Yes, thank you. How do you deal with negative opinions? Oh man, <laughs> how much time you got? Um, hmm, I want to be diplomatic, but at the same time, I want to be like, F <laughs> Um, Okay, so uh, just t- to be clear, if you're new to me, my family did not support homeschooling at the beginning. Um, and so, I think it depends on who it is that is not supporting you. So if it's like my mother didn't support it, but it's because she didn't really know anything about homeschooling. So to her, it felt like just uncharted waters, in which case you can take the time to explain how you, you know, your reasoning if you want to. Okay. Again, it, it depends on how they're coming at you. I think tone is everything. Intent is everything if it's just someone who is just curious and they're like, I don't know about that, you can take the time to have the conversation with them. If it's people that are like dogging you out for your decision, ignore full stop. If they are not contributing in any way to your child's life, well-being, you know, food, clothing, shelter, ignore. Ignore, don't explain, just silence. Silence is the answer on that one. Um, But, again, if it's someone that you have a good relationship with and they're just not sure, you can walk them through your decision making and why you think it's great and what you're anticipating, you know, the benefits you're anticipating will come from this, which is what I did with my parents. So sometimes a negative opinion is just lack of knowledge, in which case you can educate them. If it's a disrespectful negative opinion, ignore. Full stop. Don't engage. They don't deserve any of your time, especially when they're not contributing. Like, the only other person that would even have, in my opinion, any say or any authority would be my husband. In which case, I would take the time to educate him. Um, You said, good morning. You use the unschooling method. And you... I don't really (laughs) subscribe to a method. Um, I feel a little too all over the place for that. But we are currently testing out unschooling for the first six weeks of this term. And I'm okay with it. I I, I kind of give it a little side-eye because I am a structured person. I do like my schedules and... And all that kind of stuff but my afternoons are very much miss frizzle which i that's what i consider unschooling um so i guess i follow the the miss frizzle method in the afternoon and like the drill sergeant method in the morning (laughs) i've been saying like my brain is half drill sergeant half hippie but that's because i was raised by a literal drill sergeant and a literal hippie (laughs) so and it's actually not who you think my dad was the drill sergeant but he's actually the hippie. And my mom, who is the fun loving person who's been on my lab, you know, a time or two, she's the drill sergeant. <laughs> so yeah, having both of those, you know, that, that has carried over into how we handle our our school work. Like our mornings are gonna be structured, we're gonna do math, we're gonna do um, English sandwich arts every day and foreign language, but then the afternoons we can have a bit more fun. Any advice for homeschooling high school? Yes. Um, Especially if college is the goal, I would begin with the end in mind, like, you know, one of the seven seven habits of highly effective people. If college is the goal, start looking at the college now and look at what their admissions requirements are. Learn what the graduation requirements are for your state. So for Georgia, there's this nice, neat little PDF document that tells you exactly what 17 courses you have to take in order to be considered a high school graduate in Georgia. I have been looking at this document for the last decade. It has updated over time, but that has been my guiding light for what we're gonna do for high school. Um, Also keep in mind that you are empowered to make the transcript that is required. You can also consider dual enrollment as well. Uh, When they are in the 11th grade, usually some colleges let you do it in the 10th, but usually it's 11th and 12th grade. That would be considered the dual enrollment years if your child even wants to go that route. Um, I highly recommend apprenticeships as well or any, t- any sort of mentorship program that will guide them towards their goal, whatever that goal is. And definitely let them choose the curriculum. Like they will do it, they're more likely to do it if they helped to choose it. So that's my thought on homeschooling high school. Uh, I'm definitely planning to continue and have been planning it for years. Um, but let me know if you have any other like specific questions about high school, but that's kind of my broad advice. Morning. Do you have tips? F- do tips do you have for staying organized? I am a digital person. <laughs> so having my routines on my phone is, is super helpful. Like, um, let me see if I can show this without disrupting what because I'm I'm trying to record at the same time on the podcast and YouTube Live. So let me see if I can show you guys like an illustration of what I'm talking about when I talk about the iCal feature and how detailed I am when it comes to setting this up. I should maybe make a video about it, but I also am sometimes like, who cares? Nobody cares what I'm doing. (laughs) So I just don't, unless somebody specifically asks. So give me one second. I'm gonna flip you around when I get to it. Like if you have an iPhone, you have the iCloud, suite that you can do from your um from your computer and so one thing i do and this might look a little overwhelming <laughs> at first but i promise you it makes perfect sense um all right let me get rid of that question real quick and i'm going to flip you guys around just for a second so you can kind of see so if you can see this clearly hopefully this is what my day looks like for staying organized and every calendar over here has its own Color. So bills, paydays, you know, home management is what I call my chores. Um, Homeschool, family time, my time, my work schedule, all that stuff has its own color. And then you just get in here and you plug and play and see when you have time to do things. That's how that's what helps me stay organized and then getting sticking with it. And then here you can see where I have like my chores in blue. I up here say what chores am I supposed to be doing? And I have that as the reminder there. So that's how I stay organized. That's what helps me. Um, and keep in mind, you can move this stuff around. You can uh, change the colors as needed, because my schedule has not always been like this. Um, but yeah, putting it all in there, you know, if things overlap, you'll be able to see it. Like for me, I'm a visual person. So being able to see when things are supposed to happen. And also, you know, using your reminders or alarms to help you stay on track, too. Sometimes you need that alert to, like, jolt you out of your TikTok scroll, like me. It's like, oh. Or for me, I like to do, like, I like to front load all my activities so that my afternoons are very free-flowing. So my chores are done in the morning, the bills. I already know when they're coming out, and I can look at all that first thing before I even get on to social media. Um, Cause if I, if I end up in like a doom scroll at the end of the day, I'm not still saying to myself, Oh shoot, I forgot to do laundry. It's like, no, I did that first thing this morning while my tea was being made. So that's how I do it. <laughs> and that's why I could never probably be um, on clean talk as much as I like clean talk. I don't think I would do well on there. Cause like, I, I just go, I can't stop and film it. <laughs> um, Oh, so that's kind of the same question. (laughs) So, um, but with my kids though, I use spreadsheets to keep track of what they're doing. And also um, I use files on actually the same program here. Hold on. Let me go over to the files. Womp, womp. So on iCloud as well, you have an iCloud drive. I'm opening it now and I'll show you what I'm doing for my kids on here. All right. Let me flip it again. sorry. All right. So this is our, you know, the files under the iCloud drive, just like before. Uh, And then here I have my kids grades and you know, whatever else, like these are our declaration of intent letters. Um, I'll show you my son's, that's his, this is for his first grade. And then these are all the files for subjects. And what I would do is just, if I give like uh, this one, I think I have a video of him reading yeah, I have a couple of videos of him reading right here and just put that in there when it happens and it already does the date time stamp for me. So, that's how I do it, but you could also Sorry, y'all see my messy table over there. You could also um, you know, scan folders or not folders, worksheets or take pictures of workbooks, put in when you take a field trip, put in a voice memo if you want to. That there's different files that you can upload there. Um, to just keep track of what you've been doing and keeps it nice and neat. Um, so these two questions kind of go together. How many hours do you homeschool? It's four and a half, two hours in the morning, two hours, two and a half hours in the afternoon. That's our schedule. And then this question, what will your hours be on TikTok when you start school? It's gonna stay the same. I don't know if you saw my schedule when I had it pulled up, but I've already got this homeschool help desk built in to our schedule. So uh, the homeschool help desk is supposed to end at 10 and school will start at 10 when I get off. So it'll stay the same. I built it in guys. Okay. How do you handle FOMO? Public school is a big deal here. Ooh, good question. Um, So First of all, I, you know, just talk to your kid. Like, what do they feel specifically that they're missing out on? If their main thing is socializing with friends, just understand, like help them understand their is going to tell them, you're not here to socialize. Um, and then, but that, but then it becomes on you to make sure that they are getting out there with other people other than other homeschoolers, like sign them up for things or get them into clubs and activities where they will still hang out with public schoolers. Like most of our kids' friends, Aren't homeschoolers? They go to public school. Some are in private school. Um, but again, communication is going to be the key on that. Like, what specifically do they feel like they would be missing out on? Um, not just, you know, it could be that they they want to be a part of band. Okay, in Georgia, we actually in our in our state law, uh, it's called the Dexter Mosley Act. From the grade from sixth through tenth, I'm sorry, sixth through twelfth grade, homeschoolers can participate. So if your kid wants to be in a, in a particular club here in Georgia, starting in the sixth grade, they can't. So they don't have to feel like they're actually missing out. They can actually have the best of both. Um, I would encourage you to check to see if your state has something similar. But ultimately, I don't want you to look at homeschooling as like you're cut off from the public school community. You're not. If your child has friends in public school, they can still go to their concerts or chorus nights there some uh public schools have bring your friends and family to school days we've gone to those uh myself in this in our uh with our friends so you don't you're not necessarily having to trade one for the other if that makes sense like you don't have to say we're if we don't we don't associate with public school at all like no, nah. several of my well we have family who are educators one of my very good friends just left um teaching last year but you know we're we were still involved with what they were doing too. So you don't have to exclusive, you know, exclude yourself from those activities. If public school is a big deal, I would say still go to the events and support their friends. Do you have report cards for the elementary level? I do, yes. <laughs> um, it's in my Etsy shop, which is in the link in my profile. And um, it actually, I have it bundled to where it's elementary and middle school transcripts together. So yes, thank you for asking that, Kay. <laughs> uh, let's see, foreign languages, sign languages. Yes, actually, um, we're doing both. So my oldest is interested in Japanese. So that's what she's learning using Duolingo right now. That's her main, um, that's the main one she's using. My middle child is interested in sign language. So she's learning that with the sign language dictionary that we have and YouTube right now, primarily. I also just downloaded a sign language app for her yesterday, which she's testing out and seeing how she likes it. I forgot the name of it though. So we're using a sign language app to help her as well. I can't remember the name. I might have to go call and ask her what the name of it is. But yep, yeah, that's what we're doing for those things. My son is just kind of floating around with Spanish right now. Do you teach the whole year? Yes, we are year round, six weeks on, one week off typically two weeks off at the end of May, two weeks off around Christmas, but the rest of the year, it's usually just one week off. Ideas for socializing high school age. Same that I was just kind of saying before, like you don't have to exclude yourself from public school activities. If you're gonna be part of any organization that follows your child's interest, there should be other you know kids in it as well, whether that's martial arts, dance, art, music, whatever their interests are, I would encourage you to find things in the community that would support that. And there will be kids in that, in their group that same age. Um, I know one of the things we had around here was we had a pottery studio that would allow, um, they had like clubs for kids. And my my um, oldest right now is part of a teen club. That's her thing. And they meet every Monday and they discuss anime and all their other activities that they're interested in. Um, But keep in mind, as a homeschooler, you might have to travel outside of your zip code um, for that to happen, because it might not be happening exactly where you live. Like, we travel a couple towns over for her to be able to participate in that, Um, but so do other people who, like, there's people who travel (laughs) even further than we do, but it's so that they can all get together and have that time and share their interest. It just happens to be hosted at this one particular location, so... um, You might have to do research outside of your zip code to find those opportunities, uh, but it's entirely possible. It just, I feel like it's hard to give ideas when I don't know what your child is interested in, but just following their interest, you will then be able to narrow down and find clubs that support it, whatever that is, because there's a lot of opportunities out there. And also, don't discount um, online too. Like there's the OutSchool. I haven't used it personally, but I've seen social clubs on outschool.com that, you know, are for high school age kids to meet up and chat. So I don't know that that's the direction I would go, but it's out there. It's an option. Um, But yeah, you know, just sometimes you just have to take that time to look around uh, in order to find that friend group. But I 100 percent recommend it being based on your kids' interests, because just being homeschooled, in my opinion, is not enough. Uh, to build a friendship on, personally. That's just my opinion, though. You said you're not using iCloud, right? <laughs> but it's part of our phone. like if you have an iPhone, it's already included with what you have. So why not? Why pay when you don't have to? Yes, you can do this on Google Calendar, too. Thank you for for sharing that. Yes, you you absolutely can do this on any digital calendar, um, but yes, Google for sure. You you can absolutely do that as well. You don't have; it doesn't have to strictly be iCalendar. You said you could never, but your husband would love it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I live by. And then again, like I said, I'll come in here and adjust it. To oh, hey, my locks anniversary is tomorrow. I just happen to look up <laughs> and see. <laughs> that's right. Oh my goodness, seven years. No, six years. Yes. Six years tomorrow. Anyway. Yeah. You know, get in here and put your schedule of what is going to work best for you. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 830 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. I'm doing my best considering it's just me. There's no studio. There's no team. <laughs> this is just me chatting. Um, let's see what app for Japanese. Duolingo. Thank you. Thank you, mom behind the lens. Thank you. Yes. It's Duolingo that my oldest is using. Um, I also have found on different websites. Like I think education.com was one Um different resources in Japanese that she can kind of work through the worksheet. Let me just make sure because I printed it for her, like the Japanese alphabet, I printed it and laminated it for her. Let me just double check and make sure that's where I got it. What kind of planner or planning system for the year do you use? Do you plan your whole year? So no, I don't plan the whole year because I've tried that before and we just, it doesn't ever really, properly sync up for us. Things happen, things change, curriculums can change mid-year. Um, so I don't plan the whole year. And I, I use spreadsheets primarily for just keeping track of what we've done. And then I use ICAL for like planning our routine and our schedule. Um, if you're meaning like, do I plan, like they're going to work on this worksheet on this day? No. Um, what I do is I tell them what the goal is. Like for this new math that we're trying with teaching textbooks, I would tell them to aim for two um, two lessons per day. But actually, the truth between us, if they did just one per day, they would still finish before the end of our school year. But I'm going to tell them, aim for two per day during this free trial. Um, but I don't tell them, like, you have to do lesson three on Thursday, because things happen. And you just, you don't ever want to be so rigid that that you feel like you have failed because you didn't meet the, you know, didn't meet um, everything that you wanted by Friday. Like we have to remember guys, we, these are our kids and kids are still growing in development. And sometimes when I plan a week off, that's not when we have to take time off. We might need time off before that. So um, just kind of keep that in mind when you are making your plans to keep them flexible. Um, And yes, education.com was also the website for the Japanese worksheets because it actually has the printables to help you work on the characters. So um, education.com and Duolingo. I just wanted to make sure that I was quoting the right website on that. All right, let me check the QA, make sure I'm caught up. I am caught up in QA. So if I have missed your question in the chat, um, please do type it in the QA just so that I don't miss you um, miss your question but let me see. let me try to go back besides a laminator what other supplies do you use starting homeschool for an eight and an 11 year old mm, for that age group I would I would recommend that you get the big fat notebook series eight is probably a little bit young but you might have a, a a motivated eight-year-old, but for your, your 11-year-old, definitely the Big Fat Notebook Series would be, I think, a great resource for you to invest in, um, just because it's going to help guide all the subjects that they need to know for, you know, middle school and high school, the core subjects. Um, yes, Julie, definitely a printer, definitely a printer, if you don't already have one. I like having... Um, Tablets, so if you can have tablets, because your kids can work more independently that way than you know being just tied to a desktop or a laptop. Um, And a library card for sure. I'm sure you may already have one, but y'all, please don't discount how much free stuff you can get from the library that you don't have to focus on. Because a lot of times you'll end up buying a book that you really only need it for like two weeks. Once your kid has read it, the information is absorbed. They don't need you don't need to own the book. In order for your kid to own the knowledge, you know. So, um, if you're thinking about purchasing books to read, I would use the library instead, or audiobooks, or eBooks. Um, but like books for reference, I say yes. Do do invest in that. All right, let me grab this. What got you started with homeschooling? Um, <laughs> Just uh, not wanting to have to choose between where we lived and where our kids went to school. That's the short answer. (laughs) Um, I really wanted them to have the best of both worlds. And I, I just love the freedom that comes with homeschooling, being able to like tailor make the curriculum, being able to take time off as needed. Like I was just talking about, like, I might plan for us to be off during this week, but my kid just might be having a bad day and needs a day off on Wednesday. I don't. I will tell y'all, there's been so many times where we've just had just a, just like the best conversations at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I I will sometimes I would sometimes think to myself like I would have missed this opportunity had they been in school. So yeah, that's that's kind of what got us started was just not wanting to choose between the school district and the house we wanted, but um, the freedom and just the opportunities that I know I would have missed had they been in school. That's what keeps me homeschooling. used to hate deadlines as a kid. You had six plus classes and work done and all of them done the same day. Right? Yeah, I don't don't like that either. Just being able to... And that's not how real life is, y'all, too. I I don't feel like um, our current school schedules, like our public school schedules, I don't feel like it's an accurate representation that would prepare us for real life. And I say that having gone through it myself. Like, that's not me just speaking hypothetically like i was not prepared to be an adult after having spent 13 years in a public school system and i had to really and i'm sure y'all some of you guys too like i had to really like do like a brain dump of everything that i learned in school and figure out how to be an adult like really quickly and learn some hard lessons both personally and from the experiences of others. Cause I'll be, I'll tell y'all about me. Like I'm not the type of person, I don't have to learn from my own mistakes. I can learn from yours too. <laughs> so I don't, um, but it just felt like between the ages of like 18 and 21, I had to like learn so much so fast. And I, I would have loved to have been prepared for some of that <laughs> beforehand because I ended up becoming a mother at 22. So it was just like that time of, you know, of learning had to happen so fast. And I just, I don't think public school does a great job of preparing us for that. You said, you're located in central middle Georgia. Would you know of any group meetups? Hopefully, I don't. Um, I don't, unfortunately. I'm not much, and I don't know if you've heard me say this before or not, but I'm not much for meeting up specifically because you homeschool. It just hasn't worked out for me. So I'm not even seeking it anymore. Like if we don't have genuine interest in common, I'm really... We're not we're not gonna be friends. I'll just tell you that. Like if the cause it's kind of like work friends to me. Or like like I, I said earlier, like it's it's kind of like being in an hoa. Like the only thing we have in common is that we live in this neighborhood, or the only thing we have in common is that we work at this place. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably the worst person to ask about homeschool groups, but there are other people who love it. So um maybe check Facebook if you're on Facebook or um reach out to your local library. A lot of homeschool groups do use the local library to meet up, Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm not personally a homeschool meetup person. Hey, Lorinda, good morning. Thank you so much for that thoughtful video. Oh my gosh, that was so nice of you. When I saw that, I was like, she's over here trying to make me cry. I will not cry on this internet. (laughs) But that was so incredibly kind of you to even take the time to do that, thank you. Uh, Financial literacy programs, I'm not familiar with a program. I do have a couple books that I'm liking, um, like the Everything Money Book for Kids. And there's a book that I actually ordered from Usborne. I think it's called Beginner's Guide to Money. It should be delivered to me actually in the next day or two. Um, But I'm not familiar with a financial literacy program. I just, I use our real life as much as possible. And then I will, you know, we buy books that are, you know, for reference, uh, just to learn different concepts. Um, you're looking into financial literacy and like a trade, like woodwork. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Home Depot does woodworking for kids every every first Saturday. So this, this is the first Saturday. If you're going to go to Home Depot and get that project so your kids can practice some woodworking for your younger kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with a financial literacy program. I would love to probably make one one day, but yeah, they're just, it's so important, but at the same time, I haven't found a program. So if, you, if anyone else knows of one, please do share. But I've primarily been using our real life. <laughs> like I do not shy away from showing our kids our bills are you know t- you know educating them like walking them through this is what escrow is <laughs> like using real life i also use my, my parents as an example because they're nearer to retirement age and you know we we have some investments we've talked about bitcoin and all that kind of stuff so like i just use real life but i don't know of a program let's see oh here we go they say financial literacy resources are amazing on teachers pay teachers i haven't spent much time there i probably should I sell some things on there, but I haven't looked around much. You don't want to be lost like you were. Oh, well, I'll tell you, like. <laughs> I think it, it definitely gets better the longer you do it, but your kids are going to change. So like you're going to learn them at one level <laughs> and then they're going to change on you. You're going to have to relearn things and 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 change things up again. So I would say don't get too comfortable because it's going to change. But um. And But I also think that's where having routines comes in handy and always being out there looking for new things, like just like you are right now, looking for new things, looking for new resources, asking multiple people like where you can go to find things. So, like, even though I didn't know about Teachers Pay Teachers Resources for financial literacy, Mom Behind the Lens knows. So you can, you know, take her advice and and look on there to find some good things that might really appeal to you uh, for your kid. Uh that's why I love doing these lives, by the way, because it's not about me being the only one that imparts you know, in- information. It's like, this is collaborative, even though it's just me talking. Um, I love that this is collaborative and that we can all learn from each other doing this. So thank you so much. And please do y'all continue to share what you know, what your resources are, I will add them to the resources list so that other people can, can follow up and learn about it too. That's why that list exists. Cause I know for a fact, I don't know everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is not, don't don't feel shy about sharing what you think is, is a, a good resource. I would just say, you know, like don't spam, don't spam the chat if you're like self-promoting. But if you genuinely think like, this is good, my kid got some good out of this, then please feel like feel free to share. You said Fun Schooling has a research book called How to Make Money. Um, I think Fun Schooling's on this list. Let me double check that. Does that sound? Yep, Fun Schooling journals. Yep, they sure are on this list. Yep, and I even made that note that some of their books are free on Black Friday. So there was, you know, the... Um, Someone asked earlier about, you know, can you homeschool for free? Yes, um, it definitely takes patience though. Sometimes you have to wait for those sales or wait for those freebies. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Fun Schooling Journals is on that resource list. Thank you so much, Lorinda, for uh, sharing that part too. What would be important math to know for fourth grade? Okay, so for, for you, for, um, for that question, you don't have a set thing to teach. Yeah. I would um, encourage you to do an internet search for fourth grade math scope and sequence, or just fourth grade scope and sequence. That was one of the things that was given out a lot at the homeschool thing that I went to. A lot of the companies are recognizing that people want to know the answer to that question. Um, So you can definitely, let me look and see if I can find fourth grade in here. What grade am I on? That's sixth grade, fifth grade, Here we go. Fourth grade. So in this book, which, again, these are available online, so please don't feel like, you know, if you don't have the book, you're not going to know. In this book for fourth grade, they list, and this company is, which company is this? This one's from BJU Press, but again, other companies were doing this and they are online. It lists here the concepts that you would want to know for fourth grade right there, just like that. So I'll hold it up a little bit if you want to try to screenshot it. Hopefully it's coming through clearly. I can't tell. But also just doing an internet search for fourth grade math scope and sequence or checking out this ixl.com forward slash standards website could be um, a good place to start. Click on your state, then click on math fourth grade. Uh, That'll give you a list of things that you can check out. Um, there's also a book series that I have linked in my Amazon store. It says every, wait, it says what your fourth grader needs to know. That's the title of it. Um, so that could also, if you just would prefer to have a book that talks about it, um, that's a way that you can find it. But again, if you're just looking for like a list of, I just want to know what concepts to check off, I would definitely do an internet search for that, uh, for just fourth grade math scope and sequence, and you should find some different lists that you can reference and just choose the one that you think will work best for you guys. Oh, you're gonna get the uh, Everything You Need to Ace Math book plus the workbook. I have seen the workbook. I was tempted to test it out, um, but then my oldest said that she wanted to do math online, but please let me know how how your kid likes it when y'all get it, because I'm curious. uh, I haven't tried the workbook yet. I just have the reference book series. There's only workbooks for math, okay? Only the math one has a workbook. And they're also, I think they're gonna be releasing uh, an updated or a second edition version of the world history book next spring. So yeah, only the math has a workbook, the middle school math, not the high school math books. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> You still feel a little lost sometimes, but it's less aimless than the first year. Yeah, the first year is always that one where you're just like, okay, I'm doing this, but I don't know if I'm doing this right. We're just gonna keep doing this, just keep going. <laughs> like Dory, just keep swimming. Okay, I think I'm caught up in the chat. If I'm not, please do um, type it in the QA if I've missed your question. It just makes it a little easier to go back and and see. Your daughter is doing Saxon in- Loves it, but you're like, uh, I've heard taxing math can be a bit intense. Yes, I have heard reading eggs is a good one Mm -hmm. for reading in elementary school. yep. Is it bad to teach above grade level? No. Grade level is subjective, y'all. Please keep that in mind, too. Like the whole ahead or behind thing, it's usually just based on you know, a list of standards. and But keep in mind with homeschool, that kind of goes out the window. You might have a, you know, your eight year old and think of it like clothing, actually. I've used this example in the past but I'm gonna bring it back. And because I think um, you also asked this question, where do you recommend, what do you recommend for children who are behind? So I wanna address that um, as well with the above or behind grade level. The grade level thing is based on that scope and sequence that we were just talking about. You know, if your kid knows 80% of the things on that list, they would probably be considered ahead. If they know 50%, they're probably on level. If they only know 10%, they would be considered behind, right? But please think of grade level the same way you might think of children's clothing. You might have an eight-year-old, but that doesn't mean that they're wearing size eight clothes. Your eight-year-old might still be in a 6X because they're very narrow. Um, Or you might have an eight-year-old that's wearing 10s or 12s. They're not ahead or behind on clothing just because some clothing company decided to put an 8 on that size. You know what I mean? Like your 8-year-old is as long as they're, you know, healthy according to the, you know, doctor standards, they're in the right size clothing for them. And the same thing goes for homeschooling. Like you might have an 8-year-old who is a whiz at math but doesn't really care for reading. That doesn't mean they're behind in reading. That just means it's just not their interest. They're not it hasn't hasn't caught on for them yet. They haven't found the book series that they like. Whatever the case may be, they're not behind because they're not meeting this, you know, IXL standard or whatever. You know what I mean? So, like, think of it that way. I, I hope that that example helps and you guys aren't just like, ah, that's, that's dumb. <laughs> but um, if you really just want to help your child, you know, learn more of those concepts, just find the curriculum that speaks to them and they will, just like with Roblox or Minecraft, like, none of us taught our kids that. But there was something engaging about the game that made our kids just take off with it so sometimes that does come back to us having to be more creative and think outside the workbook (laughs) so that you know they're not just going to learn math from a workbook sometimes they might need to draw the concept or play with the blocks or um you know in order to learn the math it's not just always going to come from a worksheet or some organized curriculum that you can just purchase you know, in a one-stop shop, you might have to get creative in order to teach a particular concept. Like for me with sight words, um, for my first grader, I didn't want to keep doing the same thing that we'd always done. So we played Pictionary where he had to look at the word and then figure out how to draw it to communicate that to us. And it was much more fun. They wanted to keep playing longer than I thought they wanted to. And we ended up going through a lot of words, a lot of different parts of speech. So, so yeah, it's like, but they're not ahead or behind, you know, they just are where they are. (laughs) So like I said, hopefully that, um, example helped. (laughs) Yes. Just let them go at their pace. Yes. All right. Let me grab the QA questions. Oops. I think that's the second part of the question. Should you send your kindergarten to school first or just start them in homeschool? So that was the first part of the question, and then I accidentally put up the second part. Um, So, Crystal, I did not. My kids have never been to school, so I just started with kindergarten. Um, I guess it's a personal choice. Like, do you feel? Do you personally feel ready um, to to take it on to teach kindergarten, or would you prefer that they maybe learn to read in school and then withdraw? Then people have done it that way too. I would say you should consider, you know, do you feel like your kid is going to thrive in, in, in the school system that they would be going to? Um, are you nervous? That is a totally valid thing. I'm nervous every single year because I'm always, you know, headed to a grade I haven't taught before. Um, but, yeah, I just, I my kids have not ever been to school. So, you know, obviously my answer is to just start with, with kindergarten. Um, but it's it's going to be different for every family. Um I would say if you think that the the kindergarten they would be going to is is good for them, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I've known for some people they let their kids go all the way through elementary, and then uh, they pull them for middle school and high school. So it just it depends on the family. How do you encourage your kids to do things that are challenging instead of staying away from it? Ooh, good question. So we had to eliminate "fail" as a bad word in our family, because I think everyone fears failure, right? But I had to really encourage my kids to seek opportunities and what they could learn from it. Um, sometimes that means I'm doing it alongside with them, and sometimes that means I'm like just I'm just pushing from the rear, like I'm encouraging, like you got this, you got this, you got this. Um, so. It depends on the activity, too. Like with cooking, for example, I encourage my kids, like, try, try, try. As long as the house doesn't burn down, right? Like you might mess up the recipe, put too much salt, not enough sugar. That's okay. We learn from this. It's just we we almost look at it like it's an experiment using the scientific method. Like you just learn as you go. Um, if it's like just us, I would also ask encourage you to ask them, like, you know, what are they afraid of might happen? Because sometimes voicing what they think the worst is, you can actually talk them through about why it's not actually the worst. <laughs> um, so you can, <laughs> yes, that's funny. Um So yeah, just, you know, it depends on the activity, but sometimes helping them work through why it actually wouldn't be the worst thing ever if they did, you know, fail or mess up. Cause then they're like, oh, actually that's not so bad. And, and there's a way to come back from it. Cause usually with everything you can come back from, I mean, technically you could even come back from your house burning down, if you know, but um, it just depends on the activity. But I just always like, you know, that, that would be my um, answer. Just like, t- stop, don't make fail a dirty word. You know, there's no fail. There's just, we'll learn from this. It's either, I used to say it's either a, you win or you learn but either way you can, you know, you just keep going. All right, let me see. Advice on social studies slash history night, not whitewash, I can't read. <laughs> so this was a huge, huge thing for me, right? Cause I grew up not even liking history and um, it was very important for me that I just wasn't gonna keep perpetuating all the same rhetoric. like. Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Yeah, what's the real story? So whenever you want to go deeper with history and and not do surface level stuff, I haven't found a curriculum personally that does it all, but for sure, books, documentaries, and going to the museums and talking with people who are passionate about it and and just engaging with them on a deeper level. One thing that I really enjoyed and I really, really highly recommend any family do is we just did our family uh, tree as far back as we could and with each decade, because we were using the census data to, you know, go back and as far as we could, with each decade you talk about what was significant about that decade, how did it affect your family specifically? How might it have affected your state, your country, whatever, like and just going back as far as you can, using your personal history. So it's personal. And you can use names of your family members to say like, oh what 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 Sylvia, what might she have encountered in nineteen fifty when she was 20 whatever and had two kids. Like what do you think she was experiencing at that time? Or you go further back and you say, you know, Mary was probably thinking this because it was 1930, but she was trying to go to college cuz you know, my my husband's grandmother went to college. He was in fact, he was probably the first person I knew when I was going to college, everybody there um, that I knew who was black was like, I'm the first in my family, I'm the first in my family. He was the first, my husband was the first person I met whose grandmother had gone to college. I just was like, "Er, what, error 404, how does that go? How does that? How does that work? So doing our family history on both sides that way and talking about what his family would have experienced being in the South and my family would have experienced being in the Midwest, like, I think there's no better way to actually teach history and make it real. Um, but I do have, I do like some reference book. There's a, a Black History book by DK, which is the publishing company. It's it's okay. It's it's definitely a good start. Um, but you're gonna want to add to that. I would not say that that's all. Like, don't read that book and be like, okay, we're good. That's all we need to know. Um, we use atlases as well, and um, like I said, documentaries to go back and talk about, you know, different figures and. Uh, in history. Certain movies, too, I think have been done, has have been well done, but you always want to just let your kid know, like, this is a movie. This is someone's version of this. It's not necessarily probably what exactly happened. Um, so, yeah, those are my ideas on that, but I haven't fallen in love with any one particular curriculum. You say you can do hard things on repeat. Exactly. Like, you know, and I do tell my my kids, like, freedom isn't free. I've preached that a lot. So if you want freedom, you're gonna have to do the things that people aren't willing to do. Like I my whole life, like I said at the beginning, is a series of unpopular choices <laughs> of things that uh, people told me, are you sure you want to do that? Or why would you want to do that? And now I look at where I am versus some people that I knew back then, and I'm just like, yeah, it was it was the right thing to do. <laughs> so Yep, you can definitely do hard things. Recommend recommend, research family tree. Um, we used Ancestry, actually, um, for, for the majority of our project. But there was also, um, oh my gosh, what is the name of that resource? Give me a second. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It was Ancestry, because Ancestry is the one with the green leaf in the logo. And then it was another one. I want to say it was blue or was it gray in the logo? Y'all, I'm terrible with names. I got to see the name. I'll try to find it and remember to say it tomorrow if I can't remember it today. Um, Yeah, it was... There were two primarily, but it was primarily Ancestry.com. I did pay for the membership for that. And I I felt like it was worth it for the year that we were using it. Oh, yeah, I did do a 23andMe. I didn't find that to be extremely helpful. It was just kind of like, oh, this is where we are in the world or from in the world, which is exactly where we thought we were from. So that one was just like, okay, it was just okay. Um, I would say you can definitely do your family tree without it, without 23andMe. Um, Any tips for learning to write for younger kids age five? You know, um, dry erase, I think is a big thing. Um, I always recommend if you're going to get one of these wipe clean workbooks or Um, like a a dry erase board, get the thicker markers, which all my markers are gone. Okay, there's a crisis. (laughs) Um, But the thicker markers I think would be better for for just them them being able to hold the marker and write their name. Um, I wouldn't force pencil and paper at the age of five. I just think it's a little early for that, um, especially the narrower pencils. But your kid, you know, it could be different for your kid but um, I would start with the thicker dry erase markers and then you know, graduate to the thinner ones and then pencil and paper um, as they become more comfortable holding, uh, holding the writing utensil. That's what I would recommend. I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.